What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. Clark Deals is where you go to save money all through the day, every day of the year, except Christmas Day. Coming up in just a few minutes in today's Clark Rageous Moment, I have an update to the Clark Rage. It's been an ongoing saga about people who have defective transmissions in their Ford products. I'm going to tell you a new important update, new information that came out just hours ago. And coming up yet later, identity thieves have been so patient with everything going on in the aftermath of 150 million of us having our data compromised by the Equifax data breach. I want to tell you some of the ways people are causing mischief in your life and what things you need to know to protect yourself as best you can. So I want to talk about saving money. Okay, so when I'm shopping online and I'm trying to buy something, I always, as a last step, go online. I use DuckDuckGo most of the time as a search engine, or most people use Google. And I go search for a discount code for wherever I'm shopping. And the discount codes are more missed than hit now. I find that More often than not, I'm not successful just with a generic search for a code to get a discount on that purchase. And it's not, I'm almost like a baseball player. You know, a baseball player is considered to be a great hitter if they bat 300 at the plate. In other words, they get a hit three out of 10 times at the plate. And that's kind of what it feels like now when I do a generic search for a discount code. And the reason is that discount codes for buying online are becoming personalized. This is one of those things that has a creep out factor to it and a benefit. So what's happening is online sellers are now using algorithms to target down to the individual knowing because of deep data and prior shopping patterns and all that, targeting you specifically with a coupon offer that is only for you. And I think about the the uh, emails I get from stores now that will have an individualized discount code, and many times they're only good for that specific calendar day. So it's not just a code that's only good for me. It's only good for me if I shop that day. That started with electronic sellers and has been spreading in different forms and formats to different retailers. And so based on your historical patterns, that generates potential savings for you. Now, a lot of people love honey. 
and not the honey you eat, although you could love that too. But honey is an extension that you add to your Chrome browser that gives you, when you're shopping for something, it turns around and pops up for you a personalized discount code if one is available. And so it is kind of a creepy thing to some people that the Chrome browser, which is Google's browser, is tracking everything you're looking at, everything you're inquiring about, and then popping up specific discounts for you. And so <laughs> there it is with that information where Honey is doing that and hitting you with individualized deals. So you eliminate the problem of a coupon code not working, but at the same time, you've got that thing that your privacy is being pierced again. So you have to decide if it's worth it to you or not. Now, I want to give the reverse of that in online shopping. I don't know if you've heard me talk about why it's important if you are shopping for things to shop where your identity is hidden from the online retailer you're shopping with. Because as part of this whole personalization, online sellers that have become more sophisticated are giving people who they know are convenient shoppers potentially higher prices than people who they don't know any history of. So if you go to what is called, uh, there are various names for this, private browsing, incognito mode, that kind of thing. If you click and do a search again at a website where you've already searched, you may or may not find a lower price by doing what's uh, the equivalent, I guess, of an anonymous search versus one where they know who you are when you come to that online store. Janice is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Janice. Hi, Clark. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Janice, uh, you're coming to me with a question that is one that always makes me a little bit nervous, so hit me with it. Okay. Um, on a show, I think it was last week or so, you had mentioned that each married couple should have a minimum of four major credit cards issued by four separate banks, two in the wife's name, two in the husband's name. And currently we have three major credit cards from different banks, but they're all in my husband's name because he's the one that's employed. I'm an authorized user on each of those cards. And so when I heard you say that I should have two in my own name, I thought that was a great idea until then I thought about it and I'm not working right now. I haven't worked since my kids were born. So how do I go about getting a credit card? All right, so first of all, in my own name? first of all, you are working. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't care how much fun our kids are and how much we love them. It's work. <laughs> so you're working. <laughs> so as far as how a bank would look at it, there's a wrinkle involved with this that when you do a credit card application, there's a place where they ask uh, total household income, and you don't have to disclose the sources of that, but you are able to list your husband's income 
on your application for credit on most credit card applications. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. So you'll see it when you go to do an online application for a credit card. There'll be something that says um, other household income or some wording like that. And that's where you list his salary because it's part of your total household income. You are, I mean, that is part of how the household runs, right? Exactly. So depending on the uh, issuer, the bank that you apply to or the credit union you apply to, uh, you may or may not find that that's enough information for them coupled with your credit score. Do you know what your current credit score is? Uh, yeah, it's 811. Okay, so they want to have you at an 811. And so, okay. so go ahead and apply for a couple of cards and we'll apply for one first, know that you're okay for it. And then uh, before the 30-day window closes where that card company would have reported that you have a new card with them, go ahead and apply for another one somewhere else. Okay. And you think that, you know, my husband's name won't have to be on it at Your husband's all name does not have to be on it. Okay. So... Uh, before the 30-day window is up, after I've applied for After the you've been time, approved for the second? first card. Oh, approved, okay. You apply for the second card. Okay, and if, well, thank and you. And if you run into a brick wall, are you a member of a credit union yet? Um, not currently. We have been in the past, but not currently. All right, so either rejoin the credit union you were in or go join another one. And with credit unions, you know, they're co-ops, they're there for the members, you can go sit mm -hmm. down and talk with a loan officer and see what's involved at that credit union getting approved for a card in your own name. Okay. So well, thank I, you. I'm glad that you've followed up from what I talked about. Uh, just so you know, it's really important that for the possibility of the economic, well, we have an economic slowdown, but the possibility of a recession where the credit card companies start getting nervous, start cutting back on credit card portfolios, you don't want to have multiple cards with the same issuer and think you have multiple cards. You want to have credit from more than one issuer and each individual in a couple or a household should have his or her own cards so that you are protected in the event that credit card companies, banks, start getting afraid and start limiting available credit. Mike is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mike. Hello, Clark. How are you, sir? Great. Thank you, Mike. Uh, you have a question for me about your vehicle. I do. Um, I'm a commercial contractor looking for an SUV for my business. It's going to probably be a 2007 with 150,000 miles on it. And I was thinking about buying an extended warranty. And I just was curious to know if you have any uh, insight on whether uh, those policies are worth uh, the paper they're printed on. Yeah, legitimate extended service contracts or extended warranties will not sell you one on a vehicle that's 12 years old. Ah. Uh, so, so there are the fly-by-nights that will sell you one, uh, a vehicle, <laughs> any age, any time, whatever, but they're not worth the paper they're written on. How, how old must a vehicle be before uh, it is eliminated as a... Depends uh, on each manufacturer, because the only ones I want you to look at are the ones being sold by 
a major vehicle manufacturer itself. If you're okay. buying a Ford product, Ford's warranty from GM, GM's warranty, Toyota, you. on like that. The third-party ones are not trustworthy. And so uh, usually they sell those, they each have their own cutoff that often will be somewhere uh, between three and five years age on a vehicle. Okay. But if you're buying a vehicle that's a 12-year-old one, uh, gosh, at this point, we're pretty much at 13 model years back with (laughs) that many miles on it, you're paying a fully depreciated price on that vehicle, and basically you just need to be your own repair fund. So take the money I would have spent, put it in my pocket, and and look forward to putting 300,000 miles on it without a glitch. Well, that would be the hope. And you said (laughs) something very important. People are still stuck in that mindset that vehicles are good for 100,000 miles. Because historically, 100,000 pretty much vehicles turned into pumpkins. But today, uh, engines are so refined, the quality of vehicles so much better that we're looking often at, at quarter million as being when vehicles are pretty much at a point where they do start to cause a lot of trouble and not much before that in major components. I put 338,000 miles on the last Tahoe I had. So Did you really? Um, I did, and uh, I take care of my vehicles, and that seems to, uh, t- they take care of me. Let me put it, put it like that. Well, and not all the time are vehicles going to be able to do what your Tahoe has done, but the truth is, is the reliability quotient is so much higher, which makes what I'm going to talk about straight ahead seem completely like I'm just saying one thing and then I'm going to tell you a whole different thing. I have an update for you for a prior Clark Rageous moment. In fact, there have been two Clark Rageous moments about this prior And it involves a terrible error in judgment on the part of Ford, where Ford was building vehicles with what they knew while they were manufacturing them, while they were assembling them, that the transmissions in those vehicles were defective. And Ford continued to make them anyway, 600,000 of them. In a long-form investigative series by the Detroit Free Press, they were able, with the help of whistleblowers and the leaking of a lot of documents, to be able to prove that Ford behaved very badly with the sale of Ford Focus and Ford Fiesta models and sold people vehicles that potentially could be dangerous, and in addition, had very costly repairs that happened routinely with these defective transmissions. I want to tell you, if you're an owner of a Ford Fiesta or Ford Focus, the great news is because of the hard, hard digging and hard work of the Detroit Free Press, Ford now is going to offer an extended warranty to 600,000 owners of Ford Fiestas and Ford Focus vehicles that were manufactured starting in 2013. And they are going to repair vehicles 
or pay, reimburse people for prior repairs on transmissions for model years 2014, 15, and 16 Focus vehicles, 2014 and 15 Fiesta vehicles, and uh, there's always certain hoops you have to jump through and situations that have to fit you, but the official recall program, or whatever you want to call it, the extended warranty notification and procedure will be published sometime in the next week or so, and so uh, sometime in early September, it will now be made official that Ford is going to pay for the repairs to these vehicles. So I want you to know that if you had long given up having paid for repairs yourself, there's good news coming. We'll have some of it with us, but the best coverage by far is going to be with the Detroit Free Press that's enterprised this story and investigation all along. Congratulations to them. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money throughout the day, each and every day, well, except for Christmas. So we got to talk. Identity theft is something that people feel like is just one of those things that makes you weary, worn down, all the talk about the data breaches and all the rest. There's data breach fatigue. There's some term the industry uses for it. I forget what it is, where we just get to a point where we're numb about all the stuff that's gone on with identity theft and all that. Well, I saw a story in Market Watch about how brutal it can be when your identity is stolen and people use it to obtain credit as if they're you and all the layers of it that happen at that point. And they focused on one family that criminals applied for cards, ran up $25,000 in fraudulent charges. And what they went through trying to clean up the mess that had been created by the crooks. But then it actually got worse because the criminals went to the post office with a fake ID and the name of the individuals whose identity they took over in this family and put in change of address for all mail for that family. The Postal Service you know, they can't be mind readers. You present an ID, and they think, okay, so they met the procedures to change mail delivery. And all the mail for this couple, their bills, everything else, is rerouted. So in addition to having the problems with them not even knowing all these accounts were being opened as if they're them, their mail vanished into thin air. Now, this is the part the Postal Service didn't get right. It took two months to get it unwound at the Postal Service for mail to come back to them. And so then they had they tried to remember every bill they had, but some of them they missed. 
their credit got ruined in addition to the problems with the fake credit on their reports. They had late pays for things because they weren't getting their mail. So several things here. Number one, as they did once this all came along, they froze their credit. And that's something you need to do. They were also worried about their teenage children. Doesn't say they froze their kids' accounts. They should freeze their kids' identity as well, which is something that is a law passed by Congress that you have the right to freeze a minor, minor child's credit as well. But if they had had their credit frozen, they would have been useless to the criminals, even with all the information the criminals had on them. Even though the number of Americans have frozen their credit is now in the millions, it's still a tiny fraction of all of us who've gone to the step. We think it's too much trouble, it's not going to happen to us, whatever. Go freeze your credit. Really easy to do, takes about 15 minutes, and you protect yourself from identity theft. Two, just as regular course of action, have some system where you keep track of all the bills you have. The simplest old school method is you have a single sheet of paper with January through December at the top, all the bills you pay coming down the side column, and every time you pay a bill in a month, you put an X there, and if something hadn't been paid, you ooh, why didn't I pay this, that, or the other? It's a reminder system to make sure all your bills get paid. Others use an online calendar where they just put an, a repeater that puts all their bills on there so that every month you have a reminder, hey, I need to pay this card and that and the power bill and whatever. As for the Postal Service, with redirecting mail, that's typically only going to happen once your identity's been stolen and having to deal with that mess. If you set up a credit freeze, nobody's likely to go to the next step of trying to steal your address for the purpose of mailing so that you will still get your mail and not have to worry about it being diverted in the first place. Robert is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you, Robert? Great. Thanks for taking my call, Clark. Certainly, Robert. Um, you are facing an unexpected event in your life, I gather. Yes. I, I just got laid off about three weeks ago. I am so sorry. Did, it happened. Did you know that this might be coming along at your employer, or was it just there, out of the blue? There was rumors, but okay. uh, you never know. you never know when it's going to happen. Well, I'm really, really sorry, and, you know, this, we've had a turn in the economic cycle, and there's a chance that this is going to happen to more of us, but now it's happened to you, and what does that mean in terms of how prepared you were going into suffering a layoff? I've been saving money for, you know, as people say, the rainy day, uh, so I got, I got a... Uh, 135000 saved up on my savings account. Oh, my goodness. Banks. Congratulations for being ultra prepared. Uh, wow. I've been planning. I've been saving for about 20 years. So so how but, many months of living expenses will that cover? That will probably, I'm very conservative because I listen to you, but I, that will cover about five years. Wow. But I, I, don't, I don't plan on being off work for that long. Right, I understand, but... It means that a situation that 
can be massively anxiety producing for you is just an aggravation. Right. Wow. So the, the question I have for you, I have uh, all my credit cards are paid off. I just have a mortgage, no car payments, by the way, just a mortgage. And it's $50,000 at 3.5%. That's what's left on my mortgage. Should I pay it off? Well, at the rate you spend money, if you pay off that mortgage, it would leave you $85,000, and that 85000 based on what you told me, that will cover potentially three years' living expenses for you. It would actually stretch a little further because then you don't have to make the mortgage payment anymore. Um, I would say in your case, even though your mortgage rate is so very low, you're not earning 3.5% on your savings. Go ahead and wipe out the mortgage. Okay. Sounds good. I just I want I just wanted Clark to tell me that. So what are your job prospects from here? Uh, or do you have a skill area that other employers are gonna desire or what do you I've been in the I've been in the beverage industry all my life. So there's always new beverages coming to market and I'm in talks with uh, two different beverages right now. Um, hopefully I land something here in the next maybe one or two months. All right. Well, great. Best to you. And I just want to congratulate you for living so substantially below what you earn through these years, creating this massive cushion of financial security for yourself. And I contrast that with the reality that a majority of Americans, if they got laid off today, don't have money to pay for tomorrow. And this is not in a time of an economic slowdown. This is not a good time to have your finances in that kind of position. And doing what you've done is a huge lift, but just getting started with building a cushion, I hope you've inspired others to really think about what they're spending and what they're saving. Clark, I've been listening to you for so many years, and it's all thanks to you. Oh, you're kind to say that, but no, it's only thanks to you, because anybody can hear information, can gain knowledge. It's what you do with that information or knowledge that matters, and the chips suddenly are down for you, and you're going to be just fine because you did all the work necessary to create financial security. Maria's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Maria. Hi, Clark. How's it going, Maria? Great, thank you. How about you? Wonderful. How can I be of service to you today, Maria? Uh, I have been looking into these high-saving accounts, and I saw uh, on your side and another side um, a bunch of high-saving uh, online banks. Which one, which one do you recommend out of all of those? Whichever one's paying the best rate on savings. I mean, you know, really, when you look at the online banks, they all pretty much have the same terms and conditions. It's just whoever's offering the best interest rate. And uh, some of them have minimum deposits that may be difficult to meet. But I'm looking today, the best rate in the country that is listed on bank rate is, um, let's see, it's 2.55%. Mm-hmm. And so you get the idea that somewhere around two and a half, 
is where the target is. What are you seeing as you've looked at online banks? What I saw, ah, I saw 2.3, 2.1, yeah, around those. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the difference between 2.3 and 2.5 is is not that huge. If you found somebody you like at 2.3, grab it. But I have a different question for you. How yes. soon are you going to need any of this money you'd put in an online bank? Not soon at all. All right. This is a good time right now, then, to look at fixing your money in a CD. I don't like CDs. Okay. All right. <laughs> I have a mental block with the CDs. <laughs> okay. Then uh, I have to respect that, and you, you do what you would prefer. The reason I've mentioned CDs, like one-year CDs, is that with interest rates falling, what the online banks pay has been coming down some. And if you lock in a CD right now, you get that rate for the next year or two years or whatever you choose to do. And mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about falling rates. So um, uh, if that's just not your thing, then that's fine. I see. I want you to do what feels so, right and comfortable to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the alternative, if I could... If I could nudge you a little bit along the way, it would be for you to take some of the money and put it in one of the online savings accounts and other of the of the dollars into a one-year CD, and that way you know for part of your money, you fix that rate at about 2.5, kind of looks like where it is, 2.5%. You know you get that for the whole next 12 months, and the rest of it may float down over time with interest rates going down, but at least whatever money you put in that one-year CD, you know you're going to get that two and a half. But completely fine, just doing the online bank accounts are great by itself. So um, I'm just happy that you're asking about that and you're doing that. Caesar's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, how are you doing? Pretty good. How about you? Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, Clark. Sure, Caesar. You have been doing something that is so important to me. You've actually been figuring out what it's costing you for the 401k you have at your employer. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. I, I, when I ask people about what are the expenses they're paying in the 401k they have, I'm met with a blank stare usually. So it's really great <laughs> that you have figured it out. Tell me what you're facing with your employer-provided 401k? Well, I, I keep getting notices every every month about the fees they're, they're charging for managing the 401k. And I was just wondering um, if I could just shop around for another broker or if I need to stick with what my employer has set up. Yes, you have to stick with the employer plan. So we're okay. going to talk about options for you. So number one, you've got, with your employer, there are administrative expenses that an employer can either eat themselves or pass on to each employee for administering the plan. And then there are expenses you pay for the individual funds in the plan. So that you can do something about the second part, the expenses on the fund choices, but you can't do anything about 
what an employer passes on to you for administrative charges. Do you happen to know uh, what percent they're charging you for each for the administrative expenses and then for the fund choices? I'm not exactly sure of the percentage, but I know the the uh, exact figure that they're charging me because that's the statement that I get every month telling me of the fees. They and, don't break it down in percentage. And how much are they? Uh, well, I've, every month I've been getting them around $65, $70 a month. Okay, so they're charging you $800 a year approximately. Yeah. And is that total for the funds and the administrative costs? Yes. And can I ask approximately how much you have in your account? I have about 56 k All right. So we can do um, quick math as best I can to see how reasonable those fees are. So you're paying, you have 56000 in it. If you were paying... Um, 1% of the cost each year, that would be $560. You're paying significantly more than that. So that's a pretty expensive 401k. Do they offer an employer match? Yes, they do. Okay. So what I recommend in your case is that you only put into the 401k the amount of money you have to, to grab the full employer match. Yes, it's already set up like that. And then what you do other than that is you do in your own Roth IRA where you can be in something that's much, much lower cost than what you have in the 401k. Okay, so just a separate account pretty much. Right. So you do the 401k with your employer and then you do the Roth IRA on your own, which you can do up to $6,000 a year in. And okay. so it's one of those cases where you're then able to control as much as you can the expenses, but right. the expenses on that plan are definitely on the high side with 401k expenses getting lower and lower and lower. It's a shame that your expenses are so very high. And I want to congratulate you again for taking the time to figure out what you're actually being charged so you can do something about it. Now, on Clark.com, if you go look at my investment guide, Caesar, uh-huh. you'll see the low-cost companies, and you'll be in a position to set up that Roth IRA with ultra-low costs so that the money's working for you, not for somebody else. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.